at Bush Gardens Christmas Town. Rekindle the spirit of holiday traditions for you and your family. Delight in the wonder of over 10 million twinkling lights. Cherish the moments as you enjoy new holiday shows and visit Santa and Rudolph. And immerse yourself in a world transformed by the season at the world's most beautiful theme park. The holidays shine brightest at Bush Gardens Christmas Town. Select dates through January 2nd. Right now, it's the best deal of the season. Save over 50% with tickets as low as $24.99. Restrictions apply. Well, hello there, and welcome to the AFA podcast, the official podcast of AnimeForAdults.com. This week's episode is an interview, and you are about to hear our contributor Evan Vernon talk to the Latvian filmmaker Gint Zilberdolis, who is the director, producer, editor, cinematographer, composer, writer, and basically everything on the film Away, which he made single-handedly, which is pretty amazing. And that film is being released in cinemas in the UK and Ireland from August 28th, courtesy of Mumro Films. And it's a really interesting conversation, and it's also a wonderful film that you should watch. And uh, without any further ado, let's get on with the interview. For all of our uh, listeners out there, uh, my name is Evan Vernon. I'm a contributor at Animation for Adults. I'm here today with uh, Latvian animator Gens Zilbelotis, uh, creator of the uh, critically acclaimed film Away. Released in 2019, Away follows a young boy who finds himself alone on an island after a plane crash. Equipped with nothing but a motorcycle, the boy must journey across the island to a faraway harbor, hoping to find other humans and secure his safety. All the while, he is followed by a tall and looming phantom that brings death to everything it touches. Away has earned several awards, including the Latvian National Film Award for Best Animated Film and the Contrachamp Award at the Annecy International Animated Film Festival. Gins created the entire film by himself, acting as its sole writer, director, composer, and producer. Um, Against obviously, uh, you, you know, we want to talk about the, the film today. Um, but before we get into that, if you could just give us kind of a, a preview of your, your personal history, how you got into animation. Um, tell us your story. How did you get to this point today? Uh, sure. Uh, well, I guess uh, I started quite early. Um, I was interested in filmmaking in general. I did some live action shorts too, but... I realized that it's really difficult to do something good with the resources as I had at the time. And, and so I was also really interested in drawing. Uh, my family is a family of artists. So I was kind of used to that environment. And, uh, and so I started out just playing with flash and stop motion and Legos and that stuff when I was maybe, I don't know, 10 or something. And, uh, but I guess I was starting to think about this more seriously when I was about 15. Uh, I, I made my first kind of uh, more serious shorts that time. And I was really hooked since then. And uh, pretty much, since then I've been making films continuously without any break. So I made seven shorts before away and I tried various different techniques. Uh, I made a few shorts in 2D. Uh, I made a live action short too with some animation elements and then I switched to 3D and I've been working in that uh, technique ever since because uh, I felt kind of frustrated with my drawing skills and just uh, I wanted to be more flexible with the camera and 3D allows this. And um, I'm also really excited about how 3D has so many possibilities now that are really starting to be explored recently with uh, it used to be that 
most of the 3D films were quite realistic and kind of had the same style. Right. And and I'm really excited about what it what can be done in 3D and and I think it also it also allowed me to make this feature on my on my own. I think if I had drawn everything, it would be a lot more labor intensive and using 3D and kind of using its limitations allowed me to kind of, yeah, do it on my own. And, and yeah, but, but I like to combine all the techniques actually together. So, so I, I take some elements from 2D and, and like the graphical look and the, and the simplification of characters and, uh, Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I'm a big fan of live action, of course, and I have some of uh, live action elements too, like the the camera, which which uh, sometimes is quite handheld and it's very free and loose. And I have some shots that are pretty long, and and uh, that is. I guess even those would be even difficult to pull off in live action with a huge budget because uh, I I have the camera sometimes doing these crazy things and uh, with the the characters are like animals and they're on water and or the camera is just floating around them and that would be like impossible to do in any other way and uh, and yeah so that's how I eventually arrived at away. After those seven shorts, I figured it's time to to make a feature. Uh, I was really nervous, of course. I, I didn't know if it will work out. So uh, to make things a bit easier for me, I decided to to split the feature in four chapters, and uh, that was also for for the funding. And the film was funded in kind of an uh, unconventional way where uh, I, I funded each of the chapter as a separate short at first. I'd al- always planned it to be one big project and I'd, I'd written the story out before, but I figured if I split it up, it would be less risky because if it doesn't work out, at least I have one chapter or two chapters I can I can show that are finished because I was afraid I would just have one big feature that's unfinished and mm-hmm. uh, like it would be left on the shelf somewhere. And, and but at least if it's split up, I can, I, I, I thought I would actually distribute the chapter separate, separately in festivals or online. But then I realized that actually they kind of worked separately. There are like story arcs with each in each chapter but uh, you really need to watch them together to get the point uh, the whole point i guess and um and uh, so also i i i wanted to um yeah i said the story around things that i kind of knew how to do and i knew that would be easier and so i tried to use these limitations to my advantage way yeah um, it's, uh, funny you brought that up. Um, you have a very unique visual aesthetic, um, you know, watching your film. I think that anybody, um, would say that there's no movie animated film they've seen that, um, looks or feels quite like a way does. Um, if you could tell us a little bit more about how you developed that m- kind of minimalistic visual aesthetic and um you know what kind of what the inspiration is behind that uh, yeah so uh, um, as i said in, in the short time i tried a few techniques and uh, those 3d films i made were uh, actually rendered a bit more traditionally than the way was so i i i rendered them using cpu which is really time consu- uh, consumptive and uh, but I figured with a way because it's such a big project I need to find a way to make things faster so a way is actually rendered entirely in real time which is kind of like a video game as opposed to uh, how 
traditionally films were rendered where each frame is sometimes takes minutes to, to render or even hours. And that would be really difficult for me. So the style kind of also comes from the fact that it's rendered in real time. Um, but uh, I chose to do everything in Maya, which I was, which was the software I was used to. Uh, and I, I knew that there are better ways to do this because uh, there are a lot of great game engines that are built specifically for that. But I was just so used to Maya, so I I kept on working in Maya, and uh, I used the viewport render, which uh, which is basically only meant for preview previewing the the animation. It's not really built as a like a high quality render, but but it, I think it works because of the the style is so simple. There are no textures. It's all just flat colors and um, and uh, and yeah. Uh, actually, now I'm I've switched uh, onto another software, Blender, for my next film, and that that software has a much better real-time render engine, and, and it's also free, of course, Blender. And uh, so now there are a lot of great options to make like 3D uh, a lot faster and and it, like some of the real-time engines are as good in, in some ways as like the traditional CPU renderers. And, and so, yeah, that allowed me to make everything on my like consumer level laptop and I didn't really need the render farm or anything. And, uh, and yeah, so I used these flat colors, which um, I, I tried experimenting with maybe adding a bit more uh, detail, but, uh, Kind of, I wanted to. I realized that it looks better if I keep it simple and 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 um, and yeah. So that's like uh, there's a tendency in 3D to to add a lot of detail, and I, I kind of wanted to avoid that. And and I guess the style too. Uh, what makes the style kind of more different uh, is the fact uh, that the camera. Is not like filming everything just uh, like super traditionally. I have some of these shots that are pretty like out there, and uh, and uh, I use these long takes and zooms and and these maybe a bit more unconventional compositions, and I think that adds a lot to the feeling of the whole thing, and that's that's like. It's camera is something that most people don't really think about because you're not really supposed to think about it. It's like, uh, but uh, yeah, it's one of those really strong tools filmmakers have, and and in animation, like you can can do everything, and like sometimes you can go a bit too far, and like like then you kind of lose, like uh, people can get like like yeah can get too carried away and uh, it feels maybe too much and too unnatural so i have these crazy camera moves but still i try to keep it a bit grounded so uh, i add some like shakiness to the camera and some there are some rules i set but but yeah so i'm trying to find that balance where it's not too much and uh, not too little and uh and yeah, I, also, I guess because there's no dialogue, uh, uh, I guess I have to be more expressive uh, with the visuals. So, so I, I, I think I had to be like, um, come up with new solutions where, where sometimes uh, like dialogue can be like a crutch for filmmakers where, where yeah, it's easier sometimes to explain things with just a line of dialogue, but yeah, I didn't have that option. And and I guess the style kind of developed from that too, because there's no dialogue. You talk about, um, you know, not having that option when you uh, chose to make Away as a silent film. Um, what was the sort of, I mean, was it truly not an option? when you decided to make it a silent film or was that like a conscious 
artistic choice. Um, because I, I, I personally, and, uh, you know, mo most of your fans, I, I'd say, um, you know, definitely felt like it, it added to the, the artistry, you know, that, that atmosphere, you talk about these long shots and it almost feels like you're walking through a dream or something, you know, to use that analogy. Um, so tell us a little bit more about that. Why silent filmmaking? Yeah, I guess it was a conscious decision, but when I started, it really felt like I didn't have an option. I guess when I ever, whenever I tried to write dialogue, it always felt kind of clumsy and I, I just didn't feel comfortable with dialogue. Uh, I'm really uh, interested in, I'd like to eventually try something with dialogue, but I'd probably need to find a co-writer that, uh, to help me with that but uh, but at the time I like all the shorts I made like didn't have any dialogue and it was just the way I was used to working and uh, and uh, I tried to, to set the story around that idea that there's not going to be any dialogue so so I set it on this island where the main character doesn't even, uh, really have anyone to talk with and, and so I, I tried to for it to make sense. And because sometimes it can be kind of annoying where there are a bunch of people, but they're, they could talk, but for some reason they don't, they just kind of mumble or they have their, their made up language. And I, I didn't want, want that. Uh, so yeah, uh, on my next project, there's also no dialogue because it's all animals and they're kind of behaving like animals, not, not like, talking animals, I guess, but maybe after that project, I'll try to, to have some dialogue because yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I want to try something new, but, but yeah, I think it's a good idea for filmmakers to, to make a film without dialogue at first, because then you kind of have to learn visuals and once you, you learn that you can kind of add dialogue on top of that, but uh, I think it's a good good way to start. Like if you can understand the film without the dialogue, that's great. And um, yeah. Do you think that silent filmmaking might leave a film more open to interpretation? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, it's uh, it's I think it's also great that the film can be watched anywhere in the world and people can understand it because the visual language is pretty universal I think and uh, and also yeah there are a lot, of, a lot of different interpretations which is great and uh, and uh, but. Uh, yeah, it, I wasn't like, this film isn't like about one like really specific message, I guess. It, it, it has some themes that, that are important in the story, but it's not like a, one big message, but it's more about the, the atmosphere and the, and I, I guess the journey of, of the film is more important than the destination and, and, and that moods like it you can only achieve something like that with with without dialogue i guess, I guess. and and uh, but yeah it's interesting how people do interpret uh, it differently and now i guess some people uh, watch it and and think of the the whole uh, coronavirus uh, thing and they associate the the the, the dark uh, spirits as maybe it's the virus that's chasing them or and uh, like yeah it's interesting how maybe in the future people will think even differently like i can't even imagine now so uh, yeah i think that's one of the great things about animation it's i think people accept a bit more if there's no dialogue uh, they accept it more in animation than live action it's like most of the shorts actually like don't have dialogue and there's like the shorts that are in festivals and even like 
like it's not a big deal i think and uh, uh so yeah i, I think it's uh, yeah 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 um well the the ambiguity you know um when, when you talk about um interpretation makes it more interesting um it's definitely not a film that you watch and then just instantly forget about you know i've probably seen it about three times and um, you know i'll go to bed thinking um you know what did the phantom represent you know what what was the relationship between the boy and the, the bird why is that important um you know, and I, I think uh, personally, I mean, it sounds like you do too, that the, um, the kind of varied or, or limitless interpretations that come from a silent film like that make it more magical. Um, do you, you said you didn't have a specific message in mind, um, you know, as, as a, the filmmaker. Um, do you have though maybe as an artist viewing your own work, some sort of interpretation for like what the phantom represents um yeah that's one thing yeah. i thought about a lot yeah yeah well uh, i i did think about like what kind of feelings i want to generate for people like i had specific ideas for that but i didn't like think of it as a like uh clearly defined like answer to some problem it's more about like this character trying to escape these dark feelings and these um like for for me personally it's it's kind of like he's trying to like escape this anxiety that's chasing him mm. and like it's kind of stifling him and and, and uh like Sometimes he gets away from it, but it's always somewhere lurking in the distance, and and uh, and he's kind of trying to find a connection, like with with people. He's trying to reach reach uh, like other people and find his way home, and that anxiety is kind of standing in his way, and and uh, mm -hmm. and like yeah and uh but other people have like said that it's kind of like depression or 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 just some other like outside like conflict that like maybe they don't see it as something personal but something like some other force from outside kind of oppressing them uh but but yeah I didn't want that that spirit to be kind of evil because I didn't want him to look angry and have these sharp fangs or like be very aggressive. He's more like a force of nature, I guess. Like doesn't really have an opinion about anything. It's just like there and and he's also kind of moving slowly as as opposed to like aggressively uh, jumping on on characters he's just like slowly swallowing things and uh so yeah i didn't want there to be any like bad characters or villains it's it's kind of like um yeah it felt a bit more true i guess to have to, to be kind of neutral i guess yeah absolutely um one last question about the um the phantom here you know you have i guess you could say there are three main characters in this story there's the phantom there's the boy and then there's this uh little bird um that he rescues or, or they really rescue each other i guess um yeah, yeah I, i'm thinking about that final scene when um you know the boy has reached the summit um you know he's, he's trying to make it to the harbor um the phantom you know kind of comes down and engulfs him and uh the bird is um able to fly in um uh, without I, I guess losing consciousness you know like the boy does um and save him um you know you've talked about how you want to leave this open to interpretation but is there anything you can say about that 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 climax that last scene yeah well i guess it's kind of uh, related to an earlier scene uh, where 
where uh, the, the the spirit swallows uh, the bird and then the boy goes inside and and pulls him out and um so in the end the the bird saves the boy and um yeah uh, actually the bird kind of his role grew a lot while while making the film at first he was just there in the background in a few scenes like he wasn't even a character and then i kind of added more and more scenes with him and uh, even when i was midway through production i hadn't really figured out the ending i knew that he was probably gonna make it back and i knew some like uh, places he might visit on his way but i hadn't really figured everything out and like adding that scene where the bird saved the boy was kind of pretty late decision but it felt really when i had the idea it felt like obvious that it has to be that way because uh yeah it, i'd already set up how, how the boy saves the bird and he's uh yeah it's it's kind of like maybe the the, the spirit could also be seen as kind of like uh, Maybe he's not actually there. It's, it's just something the boy imagines, but he's kind of like a reflection of his state of mind, like uh, like his feelings are expressed through, like literally. And and when when you're feeling down or not sure, like when the boy is kind of given up at the end, and like the bird is like. In the film, he's kind of literally saving him and pulling him out of this dark hole. But I guess it could be also like maybe it's just someone who's kind of like comforting someone and like just t talking with them, or like it, it's just uh, like someone who's there for for the boy and he just. But in animation, you can kind of be a lot more expressive and you can take these ideas and turn them into like these fantastical scenes and I, I think yeah that way it can kind of go directly to the subconscious of the viewer and like you can like make it more abstract and it becomes more emotional in some ways and uh and yeah i guess that's what that scene was about um if we could just for a moment um you know, you're 26. I think it took two years to make this film. Um, it took three and a half, actually. Three and a half. Okay. So yeah. even more time. Um, so you would have started on this when you were, you know, maybe 21, 22. Um, and you did it yeah. all by yourself. Um, you know, we have some listeners out there who are fans, some people who are actually animators. Um and I think everybody'd say that you're definitely a rare breed making this film by yourself. Um, what do you consider the challenges um, in, in the, uh, the the advantages, I guess, of being a solo filmmaker? Um, yeah, I guess the biggest advantage is that, like the freedom I have. And it's, uh, yeah, I think it would be a lot more difficult to more uh, find motivation to work on something for such a long time if I wasn't really invested in the story and uh, didn't feel passionate about it. But because it's my own film, I, it's like, it's a lot easier to, to, to keep going. And uh, yeah, that's a big advantage. But I guess the biggest difficulty is, uh, yeah, just the grinds, like, uh, even though I enjoy making it and I, I enjoy the process, but yeah, sometimes like working on one thing for a long time can be difficult, even if it's like your favorite thing to do. Uh, but but still, it, the, the overall like experience was very positive. And uh, so that's why I keep doing this. And, and uh, I think, a lot more people will do something like this, like making their own projects. Like already people are like, I'm not like 
really the first. I think there are other films made by one person or a very small team. And uh, and I I hope that maybe things will change with like the way films are distributed because that was a uh, like the big challenge with these kind of films before uh where it's really difficult to compete with the big studios because mostly it's the marketing really that's the biggest challenge to convince people to to invest in something like this but i i, I guess i hope that now with the streaming platforms or mm-hmm. uh things will change like these kind of films will never be like make that much money as the big studio films but but there is an audience for films like this and and um and it's getting bigger and bigger i think and like we saw with the video games industry where like only like a decade or so ago like this indie game uh revolution started where a lot a lot of new studios like or people making their films uh, their games on their own kind of started being like a good financial uh, safe i guess way to make a film uh, a game and because i they could just be distributed digitally and there were no gatekeepers i guess well there are probably but but it's easier than before and and i hope like like the same happens with animated films because yeah there like there are so much things to explore like all kinds of different stories to tell and different techniques to to explore and like with the big studio films it's really like it's such a big investment for for them that they they can experiment but like they have to keep it safe and so they can make back uh, make back their money but uh yeah and i i think it yeah i'm being very optimistic about the future of independent animation do you think that sacrificing the i guess commercial appeal of a film um in order to make a work of art is worth it uh yeah but but you don't really have to sacrifice anything like um like i think it's important to make what is what you want to see yourself and uh like i think my film isn't like totally without any commercial value there are some like i enjoy some like a lot of very commercial films too and i take inspiration from them and uh, i also am inspired by some more uh, maybe less accessible films and like mix all these influences together and i think there are a lot of people like that too who want to have kind of have kind of a uh, something that they can uh, that they're used to at the core but it's kind of presented in a new way and it's kind of uh, showing things from a different perspective and so i think there are people who are really into that and 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 yeah i think yeah maybe like my film has a lot of ways it can be interpreted but at the core of it the story is pretty simple and like i think like kids can watch it and and older people can watch it and and it's easy i, I think it's pretty easy to follow maybe some some things need further explanation but um but i think it's good to to show these kinds of films to kids uh, because they can see early on that there are different ways you can do things and 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 maybe it will open their eyes to like all kinds of films and and, and to explore and to and to make things themselves their own way i i think it's yeah it's a good good thing yeah Absolutely. Um, it's definitely not a fast paced film. You know, they, they talk about, um, you know, Saturday morning cartoons moving quickly and how that's not really good for, um, you know, a child's brain. Um, something like this that 
actually breathes and takes its time and like you said and inspires the viewer no matter how old they are um really makes it special um so that's you know absolutely yeah. correct <laughs> yeah um, well, go ahead yes. yeah well, uh i guess um uh, yeah it's not like a really fast paced film but uh but there are some action scenes too uh, sprinkled throughout and like i tried to have a kind of a balance with the pace uh, or some really tense moments where it's not uh, super fastly edited or but there's this tension that you feel and i think you can kind of hook people with with that a lot more than just like bombarding them with a lot of stuff and like Sometimes less is more, I feel. And uh, so, yeah, I tried to have kind of a balance of that. And and yeah, and sometimes it's good to kind of slow down. But also I think in animation, it's not so uncommon to, to do this, especially in, in Japan there. It's kind of, uh, they have these moments of like reflection where kind of the plot kind of steps back a bit, a bit and you kind of just watch the nature for a moment or mm -hmm. or, or in the ghibli films you watch like the nature or, or food being made or like there's nothing really going on plot wise but it's really like some of those are my favorite scenes like uh like in totoro where, where like it's just yeah nothing really happens there's not much of a plot but yeah like I get really engaged because like I recognize something like being so humanistic or something like there's something real about that. And yeah, I tried to have some some of those moments. Um, it's funny you brought up uh, Studio Ghibli. Um, that was <laughs> at the back of my mind a little bit while I was watching your film. Um, not that the story itself, you know, follows the structure of any sort of Ghibli film, but it definitely has that very atmospheric feel to it. Um, it's a film that, that breathes, I guess. Um, do you consider Ghibli or, you know, any other studio or any specific animator influential to you? Um, are there any people that, any artists you look up to that have been kind of formative in making you who you are? yeah yeah ghibli is a huge inspiration uh like i'm a big fan uh and uh actually some of uh there are some uh similarities in in the way that uh, i think miyazaki doesn't really write scripts himself he kind of uh, starts doing storyboards and and even before they're finished the production starts and and he's kind of making it up as he goes along and and like that's a really risky way to to make a film, especially at the scale that they do. That for me, it's like because it was just me, it was like fine. Like only I was only risking my own time, I guess. But yeah, I'm really admiring how like Miyazaki can like be so bold and like do these really like it's so it must be a lot of pressure to to start making film without everything figured out but i think because of that he's able to achieve these moments which are so original and so unlike anything else because they're so personal to him because those films just don't feel like they're they've been made by a committee i guess like like um, i'm not against collaboration but but the, like it's also in, like i guess in the west it's more common to like the director is not as doesn't have such a bit as a biggest of, of uh, a role as in ghibli like they're it's more of a team effort which which is great like it works great sometimes but sometimes like if it's just like this one singular personal vision of a director like it, it can go really badly, like it can be really chaotic, but I think also the best, some of my favorite films are made that way. So yeah, I'm a big fan of Ghibli and uh, like for the Away also, 
one of the big inspirations was uh, was a TV series called Future Boy Conan, which is a pre Ghibli Miyazaki series uh, that he made before starting the studio. And uh, it's not really uh, as known as his films, but yeah, it was a huge inspiration for me. And uh, and also like I was inspired by um, uh, the games of Fumito Ueda, uh, who made uh, Shadow of Colossus and The Last Guardian. Uh, uh, like it's really the atmosphere and the world building and uh, and just the the scale and yeah, it's really inspiring. And I love live action films. Like only recently I've been like like delving deep into animation. Like I I knew of Jubilee and I knew of like like a lot of um, like the more well-known films, but recently with having gone to a lot of festivals, I've been like like finding more about independent animation and, and like like getting to know people from that side. Uh, but like before that, I was like really into live action filmmaking. I I didn't watch that much animation, so I watched a lot of older live action films from all over the world so uh, i was really inspired by like directors like like paul thomas anderson and, and kurosawa and uh, and danny boyle and uh, like probably my biggest inspiration is alfonso coron uh, he's really like he's known for the long takes he does and mm-hmm. but uh, like but it's not just that he's also like really even if it's not a long take, it's visually so striking and and like yeah, it's just amazing what he does and and uh, yeah, a lot of stuff and and the, and the, the way the film is structured is inspired by some TV series really uh, like it's it's split in, in these chapters and I wanted to have kind of this big structure that's uh, like the whole feature but each of the chapters also has a mini structure and and it's kind of yeah it's kind of like a tv series is is made i guess the directors that um you've mentioned um all have very established styles uh very um established legacies um you know you've brought up names like kurosawa uh, probably one of the most famous filmmakers out there, um, you know Miyazaki, obviously, um, all those artists. You yourself have a very specific artistic style. Um, you know, you're 26. You have so much time ahead of you. Um, what do you see um, being your legacy as an artist? Oh man. Uh, yeah, it's way too early, I guess, for me to, to say. Um, yeah, I, I don't really think about that. I just think about the current project that I'm making and, and I don't really think about like, what is my style or anything. I think it's really healthy for filmmakers to kind of, actually, it's okay to imitate other people at first and, so if you say like my style is very distinctive, but uh, I guess it is maybe, but it's also like, if you look at individual scenes, you can see like very clear inspirations from other places. But if, if you take things from really uh, all kinds of ver- various different kinds of sources and mix them together and uh, like, then you can make it them your own and I think the key is to just have a really broad uh, pool of inspiration you take from and not just look at the most recent animated film and just try to copy it, but just to look at all over the world and look at live action and look at games and look at uh, like books and yeah, like also books of, Haruki Murakami was a big inspiration for a way. And, and yeah, just take all these elements and, uh, 
and yeah find them find a way to make them your own and i guess eventually while do, doing this for a while you you kind of settle on your own thing and and then then yeah but but i think it's a good good idea to 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 imitate at first mm -hmm. and uh, uh, yeah about about the legacy i, I don't know uh, uh, I I'm I I don't really care. It's just uh, like I, I I wish maybe someone like I when I was younger I saw an animated film and that inspired me to make my own and I wish I can inspire someone coming after me and maybe especially to inspire like someone to to make their own film independently and make it in their own way and because yeah it is possible now uh, it's the world is changing and like i think yeah this this will be more and more common and 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 that doesn't mean that they have to make a film like mine like they can do something completely different that would be great and and uh, yeah I, I hope that happens thank you uh, for sharing. Um, you talk about, you know, this kind of inspired imitation going on. Um, one of my favorite poets, uh, William Blake, um, I, I think he said something along the lines of um, bad artists seem to copy a lot. True artists truly do. Um, so, you know, you're talking about integrating all these different media, you know, uh, literature with Murakami. Um, you know, the video game inspiration that you've had, just kind of like putting your hands in every direction and then making something that that is your own um, because uh, you've kind of added your own creative spin to it. Um, you know, that, that's probably that might just be what art is. Um, so you've definitely given us something to think about. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, but uh, I think it's also important to, to take these inspirations from all these kind of media, but it's also necessary to put something personal in, in the film and, and and take stories from real life and from real experiences and not just like, like yeah, just to go outside and, and look for inspiration there. And, uh, and yeah, and to tell something personal because if you're gonna make something like a project as big as this you're going to spend a lot, lot of time on it and you need to have like a personal investment in that to help you be motivated about it and i think like i watch someone's film and i haven't actually met the person who made it but i feel like i know something about them if, if they add something personal and like you can kind of feel if it if it's personal to the filmmaker, even if it's not stated that it is like, it's really like, you can really notice if, if it's something close to their heart. Yeah. Um, not sure if you can tell us much. At the beginning of the, uh, the uh, interview, you um, mentioned um, that you have a new project in the works. Yeah. Uh, anything that you can uh, reveal about that? Uh, yeah, it's pretty early. Uh, it's uh, my next film is another feature. Uh, it's called Flow, and uh, it's a story of this cat who's uh, kind of uh, pre, like pre uh, kind of uh, individualistic. He's kind of can do everything on his own, and he's very independent, and suddenly there's this great flood that's it's like uh, swallowing everything and the whole world is submerged uh, in water and this cat finds himself in, in this small raft, this small uh, sailboat uh, with other animals and he's really not used to, to like being with others and, uh, and there's a lot of conflict within this group and uh, there it's kind of like this road movie uh, not the road but on, on sea it's kind of this also this kind of travel uh travel 
with these animals traveling in these boats on this like post apocalyptic but not like traditionally post apocalyptic world where it's kind of this like this fantastical underwater world that they have to learn to adapt to and to kind of resolve their differences and and yeah it's um it's uh, it's based on a short film i made years ago the short is called aqua uh, but the short was just about this cat overcoming his fear of water uh, but this is the feature is a lot more about this group of characters and it's more about their relationships and it's about this cat who has to kind of it's not just this external fear of water he has to overcome it's still there but it's really that's in the background of him kind of finding ways to kind of uh yeah accepting others and 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 letting them in into his personal space and uh it's kind of also personal to me because uh, Away was like this story of, of this boy um, alone on the island and he's trying to reach his goal and uh, uh, find a connection with people. And that's kind of like how I made that film uh, alone. And this next project is um, hopefully I will be able to find some people to help me. I already have uh, someone like I have a co-writer and a producer and uh, I'm looking also for like animators to help and so the story is kind of like a reflection of finding ways to like yeah accept people and to work together and to overcome like your insecurities of other people so it's kind of an extension of those themes started in a way. Yeah, um, the concept of fear and a connection that seems to be a, a running theme or motif um, in all of your work. Um, you know, you have other shorts out there outside of Aqua. Um, you know, we've already discussed how that reveals itself in a way. Um, when you talk about that having personal meaning to you, do, do you, are you kind of drawing, a, I guess, a parallel between the cat opening uh itself up to others and then you as an artist working with other people yeah yeah it's um yeah that's really deliberate uh, uh yeah it's like it's really scary to, to like give up some of the control you have on your project like i think like you can like many great things can come out of it but it's scary to kind of yeah it's it's just i'm not really used to working that way and but i'm excited to try and then um, i'm excited to work with people who are smarter than me like and and who are like like yeah it, it was kind of like maybe one of the more difficult things of making a way on my own was that when i got stuck i it's really like you have to solve everything on your own and you feel kind of that can be really hard where you don't have anyone to have support you. Like I had people like supporting me psychologically, but like if you, sometimes you get stuck on, on your film, like you need someone to help you push, push it further. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And, and uh, so I think it's gonna be a lot more it's a bigger project with more characters. It's probably a lot more faster, I guess, too, and bigger production values, and maybe also more accessible in a way. And uh, but it will still have kind of this independent spirit, and it still has its own personality and some of the quirks of my last film. But yeah, it's I'm really excited about it. It's gonna be like I think it's I learned so much from making away and you only like realize the things you don't know when you actually make the film only when you finish it and like for me away was kind of like a film school for me where I 
I wanted to try all these things and learn by doing them. Like that, I think is the best way to learn by trying, like making the sounds and making music and doing like all the post-production and marketing. And now that I understand the basics, I guess, like I'm still like very far from being like a master at any of those, but I've tried them and I think now I have a better grasp of how they work and I can explain to other people. And yeah, I think, um, yeah, my next film will be like, a lot better because of that yeah i know we're running uh close to the hour here gents um thank you so much for um sharing everything i've, I've got just two questions uh left for you um do you anticipate um further distribution for a way a dvd release of any type maybe um yeah uh it really depends on like on the distributors um because it's an indie film like uh yeah we had to like each territory has a different distributor and uh each of them have their own strategies and uh yeah i i think yeah there should be a home release on physical media eventually i think so i i i can't really i don't really know exactly uh but yeah, there should be, but it's also like, it can be watched on VOD already. Uh, so on Amazon in the US and, and in many places, it's still yet to open theatrically. And, uh, and because yeah, the film premiered last year and it was supposed to come out earlier, but because of the virus, it was delayed. But I'm really glad that, yeah, it's finally coming out and uh, in many places in, in Europe and and other places I still haven't announced yet, uh, but yeah, it's coming. We're just waiting for the right time. And um, and yeah, I'll, tr I'll, I'll try to ask my distributors to like to consider releasing it on physical media too. I think it would be great. Anything else uh, you'd like to tell our listeners just about the film, about your career, anything at all? Um, yeah, well, I, I, I guess, yeah, I, I hope they watch away and like, and uh, try watching different kinds of films and watch other independent animation and Supports independent animators who are kind of risking and, and things and trying new ways of to make films and yeah and just I think a way like should be watched uh, on on a big screen. Uh, I know it's really like difficult these days that like some places it's not really possible, but hopefully there's a chance and in Europe it's getting better and cinemas are opening soon and uh yeah be careful but i think yeah <laughs> please come and watch it because uh yeah it's not the same if you watch it on on, on on the laptop or something it's such like it's really about the experience and you need to be like in surrounded by like the sounds of the cinema and like watch it on a big screen i think like it makes a whole difference watching it that way yeah a great film is definitely best experienced in the theater um speaking of theaters um to all our listeners in the uk and ireland uh, a way is slated for a theatrical re theatrical release uh by monroe films that's uh, starting on august 28th um, those outside the area can also rent or purchase a digital copy of Away on Amazon. Uh, we'll include all the pertinent links in the interview transcription. Um, Gents, once again, uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing everything about your career, um, the film, uh, your story. Uh, we hope to hear um, or see <laughs> more from you in the future. Um, so best of luck to you. Thank you. It was great to talk to you.
Okay, thank you for listening. And thanks to Gintz and to Evan and to everybody at Mumro Film for helping make that happen. If you want to see more of our stuff, you can find it at animationforadults.com online. You can follow us on Twitter at AFA Blog and the same on Instagram. You can also follow us on Facebook, Tumblr, Pinterest and YouTube. Uh, you can make a donation via Ko-Fi or you can support us on patreon.com slash animation for adults or you can just leave us a nice review on your podcast platform of choice. And we will see you soon. Goodbye, everybody. Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel. Or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak egg and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.